Words are like my sun, my moon, my earth, the blood of my transmission. Conveying visions as you listen, I sort them with conviction. Words are ammunition, knowledge, intelligence, diction. Words are where I'm capable of going and what I'm able to see. And for opening the minds of those who flee. Words are for freedom, thought, research, data, signals, symbols, science, categorizing, surprising, rejoicing, provoking, everything and everyone. Knowledge, skills, vocabulary, rhythm, word up, poetry. Do you have a voice? Nobody cares except you. Nobody cares about anyone. Let me explain for a minute, break it down. Could be hard if you knew in town what you doing now. I'm in the gym a lot, working on my appearance. I don't lift a lot, but cardio got me running miles, so clear it. All the things in my head, who could get in my bed? I'm fresh, people die next. Every day from having no food, and you cried over my text. And you still hashtag, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Then others great, caution tape, can you relate? Crappy dates, lot of fakes, lot of meet you later, never meet you later, lot of wait. Ting, 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 bling, bling from people who only want something, thing from you. Keep it humble, the way the cookie crumble. People say, yeah, kosher deals, you really on your hustle. Nobody cares except you. Nobody cares about anyone. Yo, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the second episode of Word Up, What's the Word podcast. My name is Era. I'm excited about today's guest. We have Kosha Deals. Just there, you were listening to his latest single called Nobody Cares Except You. Now, a little bit about Word Up, What's the Word podcast. You can expect some more artists, some hip-hop artists, some musicians, graffiti artists, anything and everything that has to do with hip-hop culture education, just some good people uh, just want to have some conversations and see how people are doing just going through life. Uh, These are the types of conversations you can expect from this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Again, always please share, subscribe. Let me know what's going on out there. Let's get into this conversation with Kosha Deals. Peace. Hey, what's up, sir? What's up, Kosha Deals? Thank you for taking the time out. I know you're you're a busy person. Nah, not not ever busy for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I I gotta say, definitely one of the hardest working men, and not even just hip hop, just in entertainment alone. I would have to say. I appreciate I, it, man. You know, when I think about what you've done over the years, it's uh pretty amazing. But you know, it's just the hustle. I think, and and I just wanted to kind of start off with who is Kosha Dills and where, where does this hustle come from? Yeah, you know, when I when I um, started, like as a youth, I used to sell, you know, candy door to door. I love selling stuff. I even sang Christmas carols once door to door with some like neighbors, which is just so funny. <laughs> For a chance, I mean, we did it once, but I was just like, "Wow, this is crazy!" Like, I'm, 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 I'm out there to get it, you know. And then, you know, a lot of my friends, like my boy Popeye, who mm-hmm. uh, was my barber, okay, like growing up until like you know, 
when I got my hair cut, you know, up till like five years ago, I started shaving my head completely. He, uh, he was basically like the real like hustler. And then all the people in my neighborhood were just basically sellers to even when I was like, you know, selling drug, I was just like always selling stuff. I love to sell. Got you. Yeah. And so for me, that kind of went hand in hand with rap. I was like, are right, you going to make a CD? You sell it, you know, give it out. Yeah, man. And so growing up, uh, you, are you, you're from New Jersey? Yes, sir. New Jersey. The first what? time I got introduced to you, your music, I was actually living in the Coachella Valley at the time. Yes. And uh, I went to a show, I think it was in La Quinta to be specific. And I went to go, I went to a Yak Ball show. Yeah, and, I remember. And you, and you opened up. I remember it. You talk a little bit about that because I know Yak Balls is from New York. Um, is was that just from the scene there in New Jersey and in New York being nearby, or um, how did you link up with with Yak Balls? Uh, Yak is from from growing up. Really, he was the first person to really kind of teach me sort of how to rap. So he was going into battles at this thing called Bragger Rights in New York and Poets Cafe. Yeah, he was. Uh, he um, basically was, how can I explain, the best rapper in that area, you know, like just in the battle, in the battle world. So gotcha. he, I, I like wanted to, you know, all the friends, we went to see him rap. And then I sort of got on stage too, because someone didn't show up. And I started in the battle world there too. And I, then I got to the second round of bragging rights. Um, and... And, and just time period, what 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 are we talking about? Like early two thousands, late nineties? Yeah. yeah, you're you're thinking literally two thousand, like literally the last okay. months of ninety nine, my senior year in high school. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we known each other since we were like twelve, like from oh, soccer. Wow. Yeah, because his father is from Iran, my father's from Israel, so we were like the international kids on the soccer team, sort of you know gotcha, playing gotcha. soccer together. Yeah. And he would come down, you know, he was working at Bobito's footwork. So he was like the first guy to go on. I went on tour with and I was like backing him up. And I guess, you know, he had the Siphontology tour, I think his album. Yeah, was called. yeah so I think like that's what it was. Yeah. 2007. And I was always trying to like book shows, too. I was like, yo, let's get it. You know, I mean, I was like searching and and researching and searching and doing more research on MySpace and looking up venues and record stores and places to get shows and mm -hmm. trying to figure out how we could, you know, make money together and I could be part of something bigger. And that was my whole thing. Gotcha, um, gotcha. And I remember that show. And so that's how, you know, I ended up on that tour and then I got to back him up on an ASAP Rock tour. And, you know, it was like little tours. It was like two shows here, five shows, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, West Coast tour. So these were the tours at the time. You know, we would fly out, bring the merch and, and just try to make it happen. Gotcha. And then you dropped the, you had the album with uh, C Ray's Walls, the freestyle versus written. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you talk about Yak Balls, you know, grow, growing up. I didn't know you knew him that long. You yeah. Know, since, and, and so C Ray's, is, is that a, a little different or how did that come about? Yeah. C Ray's was through, you know, I think I bought a C Ray's CD somewhere along the way, a $5 mixtape. And, C-Rays was a little bit, his raps were different. Like I wasn't as into him. It was even more underground than what Yaks was. You know what I mean? Gotcha, Yaks, gotcha. like, 
a perception of like Queens, New York of like mob deep and, and mm -hmm. CNN and stuff like that. And, but with the underground flavor of like, you know, you know, company flow and gotcha. series mm -hmm. was even more, it was series out there. Was more <laughs> out there, but like, I also stepped to series like, yo, let's get some stuff popping. And like, I remember booking him like on some college shows and getting some like big shows. And this is like 2006. And then, yo, eventually I was like, yo, I stepped to him with some, with some bread. And I was like, let's break some bread and do freestyle versus written. And once I kind of knew C-Rays as a human more uh -huh. after 2006 and do, I did, we did like 14, 15 shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, C-Rays was popping. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't tell. I mean, certain shows were empty, but certain shows were massive. And mm -hmm. I, it was the first time I learned like unmanageability with rappers. Like I was like, damn, I was like, oh, wow. like rap is just like kind of crazy. C-Rays was totally different than Yak. You know, Yak was more very professional, very in order. C-Rays was like a whole entity of, of <laughs> things you know he had children he had like that was just the first time i was wow. kind of getting into i was like bro what is this like i didn't know i signed up for this but you know it was a he was the, his level of respect because of mtv's made was oh that's high. right it was really I, big yeah i forgot like, about that i forgot he he did do the uh freestyle episode right where he he was teaching a kid how to how to freestyle rap. A rap, and, yeah. And and that he's really who got me into my freestyle rap game because C Ray is basically explaining he's like, no one cares about your song because no one knows your songs. So you have mm. like 10 minutes to impress people. What are you gonna do? You're gonna do two songs and you'll do a freestyle. You know what I mean? And people will be happy about your song because you killed the freestyle and went into the song. And then they'll listen to the song. And so after I started working with C-Rays, I started really understanding like how important freestyling was at a show, you know? Right, and just, right. And also coming from battle rap, you know, like we were all battling still. Like I was certainly still battling up till like 2010. Gotcha, gotcha. I guess, you know, the, the freestyle does definitely put you in the moment and there's certain things that you could capture and it's like it, it becomes timeless right and that's those are those little things that they remember and that reminds me in your show you know you you did end with the freestyle and you know incorporating what what the audience was doing in 2007 in uh in 2007 um and and the definitely i don't know if you remember this but we, we you uh came out to the hue music and arts festival i remember it because it was the first thing i did when i moved to la Gotcha. It was 2011. I remember okay. every single show I've like ever done almost, you know what I mean, <laughs> for me. So 2007, yeah. I, I, I didn't remember the year because I had just moved to the Coachella Valley. And so it was, you know, when I when I moved there, um, I grew up in hip, with hip hop in San Antonio, Texas uh, early on, right? So I, I, I was kind of, you know, I knew the hip hop scene there. And so moving to a whole nother city, like I... I I was like, there's nothing here. And so I was, I, I don't even remember, even remember how I found out about that, the Yak Ball show. And I was just like, what? Like here? How? Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know anyone there when I was at the show. And then I guess a few years later, I bumped into you again. I guess it's when you moved to LA and uh, I was I'm, I was a high school teacher and we were putting on a, 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 a student led festival that was sponsored by Golden Voice uh, later on. Uh, from with Coachella, 
but it was called the Heat Festival. And I, that's the one thing I always respected about you, man. It's like if there's a stage or a space available, I know there's a possibility of kosher deal showing up. You know what I mean? And that right, and that's right. that's the hustle part of it. And that's why, like, you know, even just starting off, I wanted to mention that. And so even just thank you for 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 doing that show. I know there's former students of mine that that still talk about that, you know? And so really. Yeah. And so um but yeah, I, I I do remember the the freestyle part uh, that she threw in in there, you know. And I guess that's where you know you talk about uh, freestyle in, in in not only English but in 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 Hebrew and and in Spanish as well. Yeah, yeah. I you know, the, and this is the thing. At that point, I was the freestyle part of my show was was significantly there. The thing with freestyling at a show is that. You know, you become known for freestyling and mm. of course you really want people to know your songs. And so I said, it's my fault that people don't know my songs because I need to, you know, roll out consistently songs, albums, mm. you know what I mean? People and so, like, oh, yeah, Kosha was always there. He works really hard. He freestyled at the show. But I'm like, all right, what songs am I? Do you know? Why don't you know my lyrics? And like one thing I realized that when I was touring with Yak was that people knew his songs. Like at God. that time, like people really knew his songs. You're going to say Yak, you know, did freestyles on Bobito, but he wrote those verses and they were flawless. And I know all those verses word for word. That's hundred yeah. percent. I still know him. You know what I mean? From listening to him in the car in high school, you know, certain things you just like remember. And I, I thought to myself, like, that's why I'm going to be releasing songs, songs. Cause I want people to know the, the words. When we come back to touring, I want people to be like, yo, I listen to your album. I know the words of the song. Nice. And so, so you can see like the, uh, the, the evolution, right? Like evolving mm -hmm. of, 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 you know, from the battle rapper to the, you know, freestyling at shows to now you have songs and, you know, you've, I, I think you've definitely accomplished that going into like one of your songs being uh, on, on a, a Super Bowl ad. Yeah. So this is a really great chronological podcast because you're like really you know me from that a certain time, which was sort of an odd time in between mm -hmm. 2006 to that. I didn't even have any CDs out yet. I was burning CDs at my parents' house. Gotcha. And just them, you know what I mean? Like 2008, I did, I put all my CDs on all my songs on a CD called the spare change tour and, yeah. and, and pressed up like 700 of them in Newark and like went on the road, you know what I mean? And we were like, it's party time, you know, like we're selling it out the truck um masterpiece style and atmosphere style yeah know? yeah yeah no definitely those are two uh i mean yeah masterpiece and then atmosphere uh you know definitely it's interesting that you could consider them you know a major underground but they've always had an under they've always been underground or indie i guess uh -huh. um they sell out shows right they sell them out and they like me and Yak used to talk about all the time like this is what atmosphere did like they just mm -hmm. went to these cities and did these shows and it's like believing in these small towns, you know, believing in these small towns, you know, believing in don't do L.A. Don't do, you know, you want to go to Palm mm. Desert like they'll really they'll like really support you and buy everything there. Like we'll sell more merch in a smaller town than a big town. And like, you know, I it's true. Like even with Sea Ray's Walls, like we had the show at Sage Francis in Reno and it was just like crazy Reno. And I'm like, yeah, bro, Reno will way more pop off than vegas but you know it depends on like where you're playing in vegas if you're doing some pop culture thing at like the cosmopolitan it's just different style different. of attendance yeah 
um, you know, San Antonio, where I think you were living, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm back in San Antonio. I'm I'm in San Antonio right now. Yeah. So I did a show with Count Base D, mm-hmm. and on my birthday, I remember I did a, my first ever tour. Count Base D, Scooter, um, Scooter, I think is his name, right? Scooter. Uh, Scuba. Scuba. Scuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. 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 I, I was for Your some reason of thinking of. I was thinking no, of a modest Yahoo's old drummer, Scooter Warner, but I got that mixed up. So, yo, like seeing those shows in San Antonio, mm-hmm. people still know me in San Antonio from mm-hmm. those shows. So, like, how do I pay homage to that, like, part of my life, but also, like, evolve? And mm-hmm. now, you know, 13 years later with another album, it's sort of, you, you know, you realize the stories are mm-hmm. so valuable. Because people want to know those stories. Like they want yeah. to know how I, you know, like I remember that show because I remember Rob, right? I think his name is, his last name is Garzon, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, um, uh, uh, Roy. Yeah. Roy let me stay at his crib when I would go hustle at Coachella. Like he stayed at my grandma's house. And like, <laughs> I mean, I was literally like just pulling up and like jump out, you know, buying a ticket and rapping outside Coachella. And last year, for the first time ever, I got on a stage at Coachella. And hey, that's know. what it's all about, right? And that, that's yeah. the... Man. Um, so, so I yeah. Went really- playing, and I remember playing your high school festival, being like, I, I got to start playing in Coachella, and then we'll <laughs> yeah. play the Coachella. The Coachella. That's the, yeah. And that's, man, that's that's a, that's a, that's an amazing story. And um, I wasn't at the Count Base D show, uh, but I heard about it. And I think the only reason I, I wasn't at the show is because I think I was living in California at the time. It might have been at um, the paint yard, I think it was. And you start talking about the new CD uh, you have out, Nobody Cares Except You, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why that name? Um, I just kind of like wanted to capture the idea that nobody does care. Mm-hmm. about anything we're just everyone got things to do we're older we're too young we're too busy we're we're gonna do it later and then you take a second to say yo stop Let, let's talk for a half hour and yeah. then you're like bro kosher did like for real for real like we haven't had this conversation you see me pass and we, we you know touch base online but you're like wow whoa i didn't know that oh my and now you feel a little bit more now you're going to give it more of a chance. So you have to do things that you've never done before to re-earn those chances. And because the culture digests albums so much differently, like just look, like you remember more stuff that I've done 13 years ago than I've done recently. You know what I mean? And well, it's, just, uh, yeah. it's just a natural I, I thing. No, no, no. I, I, I'll agree with you on that. I kind of wanted to start at the beginning. And, and work my way towards, but uh, but no, I, I, I definitely the the times that I ran into you, man, it's been a minute, and but I, I I like what you just said about you know people not caring or or even uh taking the time and and, and uh, to have a conversation, and a lot of times you know well what ends up happening is is years go by, and before you know it, it's <laughs> it's five you know seven years later. Uh, without having these, the you know, conversations and whatnot. But yeah, no, I, I definitely, 
appreciate the work you've been doing. I know uh, even early on and even uh, more recently, do you have uh, Matis Yahoo on the new album? Yeah, yep. On the uh, second track, yep. Yeah, More yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you've, you've been working with Matis Yahoo for, for a minute too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time, man. I mean, I'm, I've been working with him before I met you. He was sort of the first guy. I think my first thing I did with him mm-hmm. was come. we're coming up on the 16th anniversary. I mean, I was literally like fresh out of jail and rehab. And yeah. I heard that there was a party from like on Christmas and all Jewish people would go because it was Christmas. So there was nothing to do. And to me, at this point, I had never experienced that in my life. And I was like, yo, this place is packed. <laughs> it's so, so crazy. And yeah. uh, I went over his house. He had zero kids at the time. He has, he has five now. Um, I think I saw he was on the cover of like New York Times. It was like this, you know, a, a, a whole, it was a really uprising in Jewish music and they were like, well, your name's Kosha Dills. You got to connect with this guy. And my homie who was a drummer at the at the New Eureka Post Cafe, Jonah, Jonah David, shout out to him. He like was, you know, knew that I was getting sober. So he wanted me to connect with him and be like, yo, you'll like study some Torah and like some, you know, j- you'll just like kind of like go, you'll dig into some deep stuff and then you will he'll probably, you know, like check out your rhymes and you guys will just kick it. And back then, you know, we used to link up with people and they're like, yo, let's just kick some rhymes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, let's get into a session. Now I'm like, I don't want to hang out unless we're doing a session. Um, so he, we vibed and yo, man, that was it. That was like a beginning of me meeting people in the Jewish world. And it was so much different than rap music because rap music was like, I already kind of knew that world. And yeah. this world was like, it was the regular music world. It was a world that was filled with festivals and all different kinds of genres of music. And I really liked it. I really, I was like, wow, rapping with a band, rap, you know, there's so much bigger, so many different people that you'll reach, not just hip hop heads. And in this new music, you heard by everybody, you know, so not just underground rap. It's because it's just bigger than that now. I got you. And just listening to you uh, right now, you know, you definitely don't want to be pigeonholed. Right. And so you don't want to be put in a box. I think, you know, definitely you, you, you've uh, you've definitely evolved as an artist. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about um, addiction. How many years? Came? August, September, October, November. Yeah, like 16 years and four months. So it's pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Definitely props for that. Sorry if I'm going into some old stuff. I just kind of, you know, uh, uh, I like it. I, I I don't I don't mind. I I really yeah. it's nice for us because because you see, I mean, San Antonio is a really crucial place to mm-hmm. me, and just a Palm Desert has been really nice to me as far as even just Coachella every year. I mean, I've been going to Coachella every year, doing things at Coachella, you mm-hmm. know, creating content, performing outside of Coachella, performing at the camps of Coachella. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, performing at bars over there. So, and then I know, really- and then uh, similar to what South by Southwest, right? Yeah, South by. I've been going there all the time. Austin, Texas. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is which is just you know up the road from from here. Well, uh, one more thing, man, and you probably uh, talked about this before, but um, the NBA uh, player that you you how, how did that come about? You were a playable character. What was it like NBA uh, 
yeah, two K, two K, yeah, two K, yeah. Um, how did, how did that happen? That is a great story, man. Because one, mm-hmm. I won a rap battle in two thousand nine at Giant Stadium. Okay. And that led to me performing at Summer Jam in two thousand ten. Like I got to open up for um, J Cole, uh, Diggy Simmons. Um, yeah, Russell, uh, Russell Simmons. No, not uh, well, his nephew, right? Russell Simmons, but uh, Run, Run, son, right? Yeah, and also, you know, Sean Price, rest in peace. Like, you know, he was also performing there, and it was the outdoor stage, you know, and I think they had the the battle as well, and it was really, it was really cool, man. So, like, at some point, Duck Down, who I was sort of associated with after winning the rap battle, because they kind of gave like a re- a record deal, but it wasn't a record deal; it was like a promotional deal that you would be promote your music would be promoted by Duck Down, who, nice. you know cool like it was cool and it sounded bigger than what it was but Mm -hmm. it sounded you know it sounded really big so um from there i was at south by southwest promoting and i entered this contest that drew ha and i think buck were like in, in in charge of and it was basically picking the music to be in nba 2k and i made a custom made song it didn't win. It maybe took second or third place. Ah, okay. And from there, I met the guy and he's like, yo, I'm from 2K. I remember, I think I was around him and I, I was with the guy, Gio from Blue Scholars at somewhere at maybe the Scoot Inn in Austin. So this happens in, in Austin, Texas, the, the, yeah, the link. That's where wow. like the link happened. And I was putting up posters of me and shows that I already that already happened because I knew people would find them. You know what I'm saying? And just like see my name, you know. So and it, 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 the, for uh, shows that already happened, they yeah, already have sure. it has it has your name on it. That's yeah. like that's like graffiti artists putting up slap tags of, of their name. Right. And they're just like, fuck it. Yeah. Like I got some here. I'll just get up. Yes. And I still believe in, and this will transfer into a story that I'm currently doing for the new album, which is, which which I haven't told anybody. So I'll tell you first. So that led to like an email conversation where he was like, yo, listen, you didn't get in, but how would you like to be a playable character in the game? And then I was like, oh, this is going to be crazy. Let me be the worst player of all the players. So I picked the two Jewish players of the league, which were Omri Caspi and Jordan Farmer. And not to say that they're bad players, but it's a video game, right? So I was like, yo, I knew like Sky Zoo was like made himself taller and picked LeBron James and Drake is in there and Snoop Dogg and all these big artists, you know what I mean? That they worked with to get in there and they probably paid, you know, exorbitant amounts of money or maybe they didn't. I don't know how it worked. So. So because it was sort of like secret characters that people were like, yo, Snoop's in the game, Drake's in the game. Um, and then it was Kosha Dills. And it was like me and I'm like balding and yo, I'm like five foot eight and I could dunk. And everyone was like, Kosha Dills, your character sucks. Like people were like hitting <laughs> me up. And I was like, yo, this worked perfectly. And then I sort of tell, I sort of tell that in like public speaking things because I was putting up old posters of shows that already happened. It didn't make any sense. And it was like one of the last things I was doing at South by before I left. So from that to like, I still have the promotional duffel bags that they, that they have, that they gave me. 
And that was just, it was such an epic experience. Like Common was at the release party rapping about me and it was just dope, man. It was oh, wow. just like, that was like a different era, man, of like grind, you know, but it still exists. And now, so, you know, because it's COVID, it's weird to put yeah. up posters or everything. So I just got billboards in Los Angeles. So there's going to be a bunch of billboards for the new album out there. Nice. And, and I'm like, yo, I've never had billboards. And I was just thinking, like, maybe a graph artist would, like, start spray painting on my name and be like, you know, Kosha Dilda. You know, something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because hey, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, a tag artist will be like, yo, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, like, I always hated this dude. And, you know, some tag, you know, some graph dudes are hella bitter. You know what I mean? And just whatever. But, like, I was like, oh, that would be an honor. Like, what a great situation to be in. Like, you have the billboards. They're yours. For your stuff and people are defacing them like you know what i mean it's like who, yeah. what, an, what a what a what a different way of looking at it you know what i'm saying because how many times have i put stickers up over other people's stuff and taped over other posters <laughs> you know what i mean like come on we could you know we already know that so yeah so, that, so that's what so 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 yeah man i'm gonna I'm sort of growing up and sort of being like, all right, we're going to get billboards. We're going to get, you know, things in Times Square. We're going to get, you know, just it's a lot yeah. of different, a lot of different things that are just different. But I believe in the poster. I believe in the poster in the, in the untapped subway, not the most popular one, but the untapped one. And I believe in doing radio promo to like small one markets. I was looking at my college radio promo today and yeah. a lot of the places I get spins at are small stations, you know, like, you know, Boise, Idaho, Sarasota Springs, New York, you know what I mean? Like Wichita, yeah. Kansas, and you're like, yo, these are spots. If you come there, those people will show up to the show. They're going to buy all your merch and be like, yo, thanks for sending, getting your music out. We heard it. Da, 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 da. You know? Okay, cool. Yeah, you, you know, it's interesting you say that about the small towns and, and you know, I kind of thought about that, but but I just never really thought of in, in that sense, because, you know, even Talib Kweli has a sign where he talks about, you know, New, New York uh, being spoiled at shows. Yeah, you know, and I, I could think, you know, L.A. is like there's so many groups go through there. But if it's a small town, like they're going to appreciate that more more than than a, than a big city. But yeah. yeah. You, and go you, to, talk about, you talked about COVID and, and, and the, the pandemic. How, how, you know, how is, how is that affecting uh, you right now as far as just, I mean, touring like or doing shows? Like, I mean, uh, you're, not, you're not doing shows. There are no shows, yeah. no, no legal shows. You know, um, you could, I'm doing street performing, um, mm -hmm. which has been really a blessing in my life. And I'm really grateful because the street culture in New York City is not street culture in Los Angeles, where I was living. Um, and I'm currently in New York. And street culture in New York is encouraged. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it's celebrated. So people love it. They love it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean they might love it financially. But you mean you got street photographers out every day taking pics. And these people are massive artists with their own followings. You could just go out for the day and come back with 25 new followers and new Spotify listeners and new Bandcamp supporters. And, you know, this stuff needs to be consistently, you know, recognize that, but you could either wait till next year or not. So like I'm making a lot of custom made songs, starting a business with making rap, rap songs for, for uh, businesses, startups, tech, you know, like I just did one for a baseball team in Portland. Um, I did something for PlayStation. I'm, I'm just trying to like 
reach out to anyone I know that has regular jobs, Zooms, entertainment, and 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 creating something else that always circles back to the music. Mm -hmm. So if it's like I'm doing some freestyle rap class, I'm a rap about potatoes and carrots. If that gets the vegetable store that has twenty thousand followers, <laughs> you know what I'm saying in San Diego, that's a v, you know you know organic produce place that you know I'm doing a rap about their pickles, their new you know Grillo's pickles, and they're like, yeah, we're sharing it. It's cool content for our obscure supporters and food people, and they love it. You know what I mean? And now now they're sharing your music, and you're getting like these micro influencers, and people are paying some money. You're getting free stuff, or you're making, and then you're you know creating different. You're getting holiday appearances, so you know this. You have to consistently re reformat, re-educate yourself, rebrand. And not to say I have to change a brand of Kosha Dills, but Kosha Dills is known as a hustler. And mm -hmm. it's okay if I have to get a job. I, I don't mind it. You know what I'm saying? I have a lot of qualities besides rapping. But rapping no. has led me to travel around the entire world and entire United States. I've been to every state from rap. You know what I mean? So yeah. grateful for it. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. What, what what do you think about the current state of music? And then earlier earlier on, you you talked about how how music is, has changed and how you know even your 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 album is called uh, Nobody Cares Except You. But you know, and, and talking about I guess the short attention span. And I, I was talking to a, a friend of mine, and they were talking about how how songs have gotten shorter, right? That third verse is is no longer necessary. It seems like right. Yeah, the third verse doesn't exist. It's two verses in a bridge. I actually have a song on the album with three verses, Tommy Pickles, and I'm like, damn, this is a long song. And it's just crazy that I could make that music video, two verses, and just cut out this third verse. Just cut out uh, the third verse. Wow, yeah. But it's like, I'm like, dude, I don't want to cut out the third verse. Right. I'd rather, I'd rather just make a longer music video and you not watch. And yo, my song, Hanging Out, like a guy who's a really big uh, influencer in New York. His name is New York Nico. He was directing music videos for like Saigon. He was doing a lot of cool shit. A lot, a lot of rap people. Smoke Dizza. Um, oh, yeah. And like, he was like, yo, this song is three minutes and 30 some seconds. You're gonna cut out the bridge because the vibe of the song is hanging out. And if you look at the hanging out music video, it has a lot of views. It would have less views if it was 30 seconds more because people would be like, ah, it's three minutes, three minutes, 30 seconds. I don't want to watch it, you know? Mm. It was too long. Maybe they would click it, but maybe they would watch it twice. If I just chopped a video down from like five some minutes to like four minutes, and I'm like, damn, this shit is too long. Yeah. But with Gangsta Boo, it's with the Gangsta Boo song, and I'm like, fuck, this shit is fire. I'm not about to cut this part out because this is part of my creative vision. Yeah. And I'm also going to upload the extended part and do all kinds of stuff with it. You know what I mean? And to yeah. me, because it's like content, special content that I think is special. So, you know, what can I say about it is that when you have a creative vision, you could cut time off of it and still keep it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. no one will really know the difference because nobody cares, man. <laughs> nobody cares. But uh, real, dog. Like, like if you hear my most favorite song and it's four minutes, five minutes, you're like, yeah, it's still my favorite song. You know what I mean? True. But if you hear your five five minute song, it might never even be your favorite song mm. because it's just way too long. Like my homie, homeboy Salmon just released something and it's really, really long, like a documentary and a song. 
and it has a lot of views. But like I started watching and I didn't watch the whole thing. I was like, whoa, yeah. so long. But if I was like, if this is two two minutes and thirty seconds, I'll watch it like five times. I may have to cut up this uh, podcast interview into like five parts, six parts. Yo, but for real. Little pieces, little snippets. No. Yeah, snippets. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned Gangsta Boo, man. How, how did you link up with her? I manifested that. I told yeah. a promoter to like book her. I was like, you should book Gangsta Boo. <laughs> I really did. I really, I, and I never listened to her music ever. But I was like, this is what LA needs. I wish I still had the, I bet I, I probably still have the uh, the Facebook thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I was just like, yo, you need to do it because this is what like everyone is doing. And I secretly really just wanted to be always, you know, the one that was doing all the, sh you know what I mean? I wanted to be playing these six shows, but mm -hmm. it really like the, the music that I was into really wasn't the music that I was making. You know what I mean? So it's like being an underground rap scene, but you're making Jewish music. But like you just so used to going to underground rap, but like, yeah, why does it keep coming here? It's like not really underground rap, you know? Gotcha. Um, it's now, it's festival rap. I just bring that up because somebody was like, yo, he used to be underground, but now his style switched up. He's more like pop and festival stuff. So we're not gonna play it. We're gonna pass on the record. And I'm like, damn. But they're right. They're they're actually right. Like they want to yeah. be playing like Vinnie Paz and like Jedi Mind Tricks, and I'm not Jedi Mind Tricks. You're not that. So yet. no, no, and that's okay. You know what I mean? It's like you are what you are. So I guess ultimately, I recommended Gangsta Boo for this show. I went to meet her. We linked up. Went out to eat. Connected with. Jesse Shatkin or Belief, who did the Sea Ray stuff, and he did my Beverly Dills album. He was doing this album called Awkward in a Good Way. Murs was putting it out. And what we did was, yeah, we got Gangsta Boo to the studio. And, you know, that was what we did the song My Homies, Me, Murs, and Gangsta Boo. Yeah. And so you, you were actually on, on uh, Murs's label for a, a minute, right? Like a little project, I guess, where he released about six rappers. Shout out to Murs. No, for sure. So did that that happen during the time when you you moved to LA or No, I actually Murs was like cuz Yak was playing paid dues mm. and that was like the thing like Cage was playing it and I thought to myself, man, you got to like link up with this guy and I toured with Yak and Aesop Rock and I was in Sioux Falls. So I reached out to the guy and I was like, yo, let me get on that show because I had just released a Freestyle versus Written album. And mm -hmm. I said, yo, if I can get on that show, I'll book my flight two days later. And then when I'm there, I'll ask them if I could open up the Omaha show. Gotcha. And that's how I got into Omaha. And then like I almost got into a fight with like one of Merz's dude. It was just it was kind of weird, but like so we kind of had a rough start. Rough stuff. <laughs> yeah, but like I always liked it because we were very like me and Murs were like confront not confrontational, but like it was never like, oh, this is like the most perfect loving relationship. It was just very like Murs made me realize a lot of things about myself, about mm -hmm. my flaws, where like my lack of awareness and certain things that have been like a plague of my like regular social interactions. 
you know, even as a sober person and just kind of being like, man, like I have some other, I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? Like just because you don't get high doesn't mean that you don't, uh, you, you don't have other issues and like things that people be like, oh, you're still a dick. You know what I'm saying? You could still be right. like doing weird things, you know? So dude, honestly, we've made some great music together. So, you know, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, and I'm sure. really grateful for the fact that, like, you know, I got a song with Murs and Gangsta Boo, which I think is really legendary if you think of people, you no, know. Yeah, and, I mean, it's it's from it, it's it's the type of song where you just you, you wouldn't expect, and that's what makes it uh, great. Um, I really, I really proud of that record, just in general, and just uh, we are different song is definitely going to be, you know, a song that is going to last the test of time. And, uh, you know, I know Merz's verse, like, by heart. And he was a guy that, like, him and Gangsta was similar. Like, they gave me these 12-bar verses, which I never heard of until then. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because rappers always spin 16s and these 12-bar yeah. verses. I was like, why spit a 16 with four bars of filler rap when you could get 12 bars of straight heat? Every, every line. Yeah, every line counts, you know what I mean? All right, man. I do want to, you know, I'm a high school teacher. Uh, uh -huh. And so this may be a part where I uh, share with my students. Uh, not that I won't share the whole thing, but we're, we're talking about little pieces, right? Little clips. Um, talk about your, your uh, education. Um, uh, Rutgers University. Uh, can you just talk about education, you know, and how, how it's uh, maybe uh, played out in your life? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, man, education is, is the foothold of the bare, bare minimum entry. People be like, oh, cool, where are you from, Jersey? Where'd you go to school? Mm. So right off the bat, we're judging each other based on our education, right? Let's go, oh, well, I went to Middlesex County College. Oh, you went to County College, that's cool. Oh, you went to Rutgers? Oh, get out, you know, football team? Oh, do you know this person? Oh, that's like a state university? Whoa, it's pretty respected. Wow, so you're going to look at somebody, cool, right? Just like if somebody's in a rap group, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm in this little group called, um, you know, Mob Deep. Have you ever heard of it? And you're like, oh, <laughs> what? You know, you're in Mob Deep? Or like, oh, I'm in like uh, the Suicide uh, suicide Ninja uh, Star Throwers. And you're like, no, nah, never heard of them. That sounds really weird, bro. Like, never heard of that. Oh, you're gangsta? Oh, gangster racket. 3-6 Mafia. Have you heard of 3-6 Mafia? Oh, yeah, I heard of them. They're pretty popular. Well, that's who I'm with. You know, so... When you come in with education and you're like, where'd you go? Oh, I went to Harvard. You're like, you went to Harvard University? Yeah. And you're like, how, what, like your mind's blown. Doesn't, it's just an entryway into the next level of your life. So education is extremely important. Even if you do bad in school, it's worth going to school than not going to school at all. In my point of view. If you could go to a university and get grants and and like and you can't afford it, I still think it's worth the go because you're gonna meet some of your best friends there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like the last of real life. Because what are you gonna do if you don't go to school? You're just gonna be on Instagram and TikTok. You know? You could do that in you know, college. Form. You could do that also in college, <laughs> but you're also gonna be in in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a community there. It's just an atmosphere. And it's the same thing as a hip hop concert, man. It's like you could rap in your room or you could go to a show. And college is the show. It's there. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff happening. There's, there's an atmosphere on campus, hopefully. And I think that's like really important, man. For me, I went to Rutgers. I had a, I went NC Division, 
you know, one NCAA division one wrestling and being on a sports team. And it, it's just a different, different mic check, man. And, yeah. and I'm really grateful I went and let me tell you, I did some of the worst things in my life in college, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. it wouldn't have made me who I am. You know, I ended up going to jail for selling drugs and like that stuff happened, but that stuff, I believe that stuff would have happened anyway. Yeah. You know, what I mean? like if you're on a bad track, you're going to be in a bad track in college is the possibility for good stuff. And I think there's, yeah, so I'm really adamant about education because I think it's part of your story. And like, as you guys, as you can tell from this podcast, I have a lot of stories. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Uh, let me, let me, let me, uh, end off with, uh, one final question. And, um, what poster was on your wall as a kid? What poster was on my wall? Yeah. Or did you have any posters? I didn't have posters, but the first thing that I remember putting on my wall was like glow lights, you know, sticks like a, like above, you know, your the stars and stuff from, yeah. and then one time, I don't remember what movie it was, but we stole a movie theater uh, banner from breaking into the movie theater. And that movie was like a, some sort of fire movie and I was like so thrilled and I put it on my wall and then I realized it didn't fit and I got in trouble for my parents and they took it down, you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was no bands or nothing like that. Yeah. Early on, like, you know, what you were listening to? I was listening to rock music mostly. Yeah. Um, like my brother, Alan, my oldest brother had fat boys tapes. We were just talking about this the other day. Um, then I was listening to Smashing Pumpkins, Pantera, Metallica, Iron Maiden, um, Nirvana, yeah. and you know, um, and then like underground rap, like Company Flow, um, you know, Megahertz, <laughs> Kumateo. Yeah. Like yeah. that was just in high school, you know, and then and then Beastie Boys a little bit. And obviously Wu Tang because they were right by us. You know Wu Tang and Biggie Smalls and Tupac were was the rap that I was getting into. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, man. I, I, uh, anything else you want to end with? Man, I just you know I appreciate you all the support over the years, my man. And you know just for anyone listening, if they're you know especially for the students, man, or anyone who's trying to like get in the game, you know it. You know physical labor. I get that source from like my, my like ancestry, you know, like my, my, my grandfather and, and sort of my father and just, you know, putting in hard physical work and showing up and taking pride in that. And there's nothing that's going to be like an in live show, even if it's for five people or 10 people, you know, always to perform. And, and this goes for school too. If you're, you know, you showing up on time and, some of the that's the best thing and that's like a lot of what i learned from mers like you know how to not overstep boundaries just show up early stay late help out don't think about yourself is something that i that i use you know ideally every day in my life mm. and 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 it gets people whenever people talk about the past i get nervous because i knew I, I i wasn't the person i am today and they're like you know Someone said that your CD was scratched, but then you went and got me a new one and sent it to me. And in the, I was like, wow, thank God. You know, I'm like going the extra effort. The stories will last forever, you know? So if you're, if you're trying to make a mark, make sure you make the right one. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Or uh, uh, enough of those, those right marks, right? 
kind of yeah you gotta leave enough of them there because Mm. people will remember the one wrong thing you did and overlook all the 99 great things you did and like so it's just really important to always you know to always go the extra effort and and leave a good impression and and do the right thing word man that's the the words from the famous kosher deals i appreciate you man Let's go. Turn the page from one to the next one. I'll be on my way. Learn new ways from the ones that I love, son. Keep me on the street. Got three sons and a girl, that's my life, son Haunted house on the Hudson Blessings overbundant My cup be running over for the glory to his kingdom Many ways, many wants, many mantras Many vipers, wolves in sheep's clothing Many cobras rotate, stay late My fate is far from over I got that wisdom, I got those years I'm getting older, I'm getting sober One day, I get more, get it up, get it over I'm 37, still not half the man my dad was at 23 Looking for a handout, time to get a beat Seem familiar, but no one remembers me My main goal, get out of my bed When I'm awake, I get out of my head Don't think about what everyone said Common section, denial, river of red Hamoti lechem in a slice of bread And then, maybe I could find like one friend Who doesn't want something from me The actual truth Should I listen to my gates of horror? Should I listen to you? Don't give me the juice, give me the truth, bruh I just, 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 I just